As we begin this morning again, I just want to say a word of thanks to all of the volunteers we've had over the last couple of weeks, people serving our church and to our staff, from our music ministries to Altar Guild to ushers and greeters. So many of you, our connection team, have poured into the last few weeks, just making this church a welcoming place and also just to bless our worship together. So just thanks again to all of you who have served. And listen, as a gift today, in response to that, one-point sermon, all right? That's it, one point. You never get that, one-point sermon. However, we have to do some background work that will take about 45 minutes to get to the one, but it's a one-point, so you, you at least get that. So we're going to do some background work, and part of that is just understanding this book, the, the revelation that God has given to us says so many things to us. Every page speaks of Jesus. Every page speaks of our need uh, for Jesus. This book says so much about the love of God, the grace of God, of his nature, also of his desire for reconciliation with us. But there's also a topic that may surprise us that we miss about this book. This past weekend, if you ask many, it was the biggest entertainment weekend of this year. Everybody has been talking about this event. Many of us have stayed off the internet because we didn't want spoilers about this particular event, right? This three-plus-hour extravaganza. We didn't want to know who was victorious. We especially didn't want to know which of those people met their demise and those that did meet their demise having watched it. It's incredibly emotional. Uh, you had three days to watch it, so I'm going to go ahead and spoil it for you. If you didn't see it, too bad. I'm going to go ahead and tell you who met their demise, and it's shocking. Jason Nolf of Penn State lost the U.S. Open Wrestling Championship. And that's not funny. He was undefeated in... Co oh, you thought I was talking about Avengers. No, I wasn't talking about Avengers. The U.S. Wrestling Championships were this weekend, three-plus hours. I stayed off the Internet so it wouldn't be spoiled so I could catch it later. You and I were confused about what that was. And sometimes we miss a key topic, a key component of what the Bible says, and it's on every page. Sometimes it has to do with discipline, but usually it's just out of the heart of God. And it's this word, sent. Over and over again, from the first pages of Scripture to the very end, God is revealing to us that this is a sending book. When we talk about the word grace, that's the heart of who we are. We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. It's grace. You only find that word 125 times in Scripture. And you look at words that are so important like bless or love less than 500 times in all of Scripture. But you just look for that word sent 685 times. This is a sending book. Sometimes it is discipline. When, when Adam and Eve sinned, God immediately sends them out of the garden. But typically what this word is, is God making sure that people who know him get to people who don't know him. Whether it's Abraham or Moses or Samuel or the prophets, this is a sending book because God is a sending God. That happens in a variety of ways. Genesis 45, 7, and God sent me before you to pres preserve a posterity for you, Joseph, to Egypt so that he could save Israel. Or the ways in which God, in a wild way, sent, made sure that Jonah was sent to Nineveh. 
The Lord orchestrates sovereignly, sending the right people to people who need to know. And many of you could testify uh, to that as well, how God had orchestrated that in your life. So here's what I want to do in just in John's gospel, is to talk about this word. Uh, to talk about this word that you see 52 times in John's gospel. Now think about that. John's gospel is one of 66 books of the Bible, and yet right at 10% of the word sent is used here in this gospel. This book is saturated with sent, and 39 times of the 52 times, you know who it's about? It's not about us. It's about Jesus and how Jesus understood himself, about how Jesus understood his kingdom work and his mission 39 times to be honest i wanted to read all 39 to you so we get the impact can you because that's the phrase it's the phrase you see over and over again he sent me the father sent me sent me sent sent me 39 times jesus is testifying about himself or john is testifying about jesus usually it's jesus saying it about himself i am sent by my father that's like twice for every chapter in John. John 8, 42 says, Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and have come from God. For I have not even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. It says something about the heart of God. The hymn writer got it right. How deep the father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. When you think about the titles or names of Jesus in John's gospel, you'd be surprised to know that the word Lord appears much less than sent. Lamb of God, that our choir so beautifully reminded us of this morning. It's only used in John's gospel. With all that imagery of even lambs being slaughtered at the end, all that imagery to remind us again that he is the Lamb of God, sacrificed for our sins, it's only used two times. But 39 times in this book, when we look at what Jesus says about him, himself, it reminds us that he is the sent son of God. And by the way, that, that blesses our worship today, which says again, first and foremost, that Jesus, Jesus desired to go for us. That he said yes to the sending out of his great love for us. But it also says something about his life of yielding to the Father, of his obedience to to the Father. Be a great Bible study. Go through the book of John and listen to what Jesus says about the Father's work, will, and words. Work, will, and words. That's a three-point sermon. That may be a sermon someday. Jesus only wants to do the Father's work. Jesus only wants to do the will of God. Jesus actually only wants to speak the words of his Father. Jesus is Son of God. Jesus is the Alpha and Omega. He he is the one through everything holds together. And yet he says, my life's going to yield to my father. My words will yield to my father. My work, my, I want my will to match his will. That's his life. What a beautiful and vivid picture for us then when I buck up a little bit and say, well, I want my way or I want to get in my words that we look to our Savior who could have said, you know what, I want all things my way, and he'd have been right. But all he wants is the Father's will, the Father's words, and the Father's work. It's a wonderful picture we get of who Jesus 
is. And also in terms of how he understood himself, he knew and he banked on the fact, I am sent by my Father. I am the sent one. So here's the one point, as Renee has already shared with us this morning. 39 times it's talking about Jesus's sentness. But then we also bump into verses like today in verse 21, where he's speaking here to his disciples, but we can make the preacher stretch and understand that he's speaking to the followers of Christ. And now, this is where, if we don't do that Bible study, it doesn't have the impact. As I'm sent, I'm sending you. As I am sent 39 times. I am sent by the Father. Sent by the Father. Sent. I am banking my life and understand my life is to be one who is sent by him. As that, I'm sending you in the same way. The sentness of my Father in my life, that's yours now. And I'm sending you. As the Father has sent me, I am now sending you. What an incredible word of encouragement to know we are sent like that and a reminder that that's who we are, that as Jesus understood himself as the sent Son of God, church, we've got to understand ourselves as the sent people of Jesus. That's got to be our identity. I want to show you a video. This is from a church I served a couple of years ago. And um, we had gone to Brazil to serve with the United Methodist uh, missionary there, Gordon Greathouse. He headed up something called Shade and Fresh Water Project. There are so many street children in Brazil, and those who do go to school actually only go to school for half the day or a third of the day. You know the U.S. statistics. More kids get into trouble between 3 and 5 p.m. than at any other time. It's not at night. It's 3 to 5. Mom and dad are working, and so that's the period without supervision. And so in Brazil, it's the same thing. A lot of street children without any supervision, but also those that have two parents working, those kids are out for half or two-thirds of the day. And so through local churches, Gordon Greathouse years ago started something called Shade and Fresh Water Project. It's a ministry sponsored by the United Methodist Church. And so our church, a church I'd serve, would go down there to go to different churches to support their projects there. And one of the things we did for a church in Junjapeba is our first day there, we broke up concrete and put down a bricked uh, driveway for them. It was really rough, dirt concrete we put down this brick driveway and then the extra bricks i want to show you a video of this the extra bricks uh, we put up on the roof for a future project so you can see that now thanks rusty um, we took these extra bricks now i've edited it where you won't see the video of me doing my granny shot to get the bricks up i, I got it of other people uh, but you see the bricks up there and that's the team throwing the extra bricks from the uh, uh the driveway up on top and they were going to use those uh, for later but then you're going to see the camera pan in just a second and i want rusty when it gets full just pause right here it's that building the caddy corner building 45 degree just right across caddy corner from the church this church here in junjapeba is a church plant from a much larger church called moji das cruzes and they intentionally planted this church on the opposite street corner of that building. And they did it because that church in Moses das Cruzes understood that not only was Jesus sent by the Father for us, but now Jesus has commissioned his disciples to go be sent in his name. I believe, numbers-wise, this is the largest brothel in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Let us go 
there. You take your kids there to church? You want to be a part of a church plant there? You want to go every Sunday there into Friday and Saturday night's activity, catty corner to one of the roughest spots in all of Sao Paulo, one of the largest cities in the world? And this church said, yes, send us there. Well, a year later, we got to go back to this church, just visit it. We were going to another part of Sao Paulo to work at another Shade and Fresh Water uh, project. But we got to go back for a day, and we got to see this is now the second floor. So you saw us throwing up bricks to the second floor. Well, this is a beautiful sanctuary now that they've created. You can also notice that Brazil, where they are, never gets hotter than 80-plus degrees or even 75 and doesn't really get ever free. So they've got open windows. These are actually just open spaces. Uh, and in the corner, this beautiful place to worship is the cross. Uh, that's the inside. And that cross, not only is it beautiful to the worshipers, but I want to show you how it looks on the outside. Where is that cross directed? To the brothel. If you're a worker here, the grace of Christ is for you in this place. We offer you the grace of Jesus Christ. If you're going into that brothel, and you're struggling, obviously, with your life, the grace of Christ is offered to you. That church, with all their hardships, was doing ministry to children, as you can see, in a very rough place. Why? Because they understood themselves to be the sent people of Jesus Christ. Identity matters. How you view yourself matters right in terms of politics which i won't uh, discuss here in terms of just this weekend are you a marvel person or a dc comics person are you are you want to fight are you a ford or chevy person we looked at some vintage cars yesterday much discussion at the men's wild game cookout um, how do you view yourself I, I i pray and know that you view yourself as forgiven and as redeemed I know that you view yourself, and I view myself as reconciled through Jesus Christ, that he has brought us back to the Father. But I also know, and being here now three years, you also view yourselves as the sent people of Jesus Christ. That's our identity. That's who we are. We're won by Jesus. We're redeemed by Jesus. We're reconciled by Jesus. But then we're only complete when we've been sent by Jesus, just as the Father has sent him and many of us can testify to that there is a there's no way i'd be who i am so i was talking with willie and mary i grew up in lovewoods methodist church they're having a reunion next week if god had not sent that youth pastor there who was there those youth counselors there those sunday school teachers there there's no way i am who i am still got a lot to work on but boy did i have a lot to work on it's because God sent those people, and those people said yes to that sending. Uh, and I look at people across uh, my years of, uh, of um, not just ministry, but how God had intentionally sent people into my life, family members, friends, church family, to speak either words of encouragement or correction uh, that I needed to hear. God is a sender. We're blessed because others have been sent to us, we're 
unbelievably blessed because he has sent his son. And then he says to us, Jesus does, I need you to be sent in the same way. As the Father has sent me, sent me, sent me, sent me, sent me, I need you to be sent. And so, as we look at this passage, just looking at 21 through 23, when you and I respond to that, it's got to be his peace. It actually comes up twice here. It's got to be his peace that's in us as we go. As, as Renee said, verse 22, it's got to be the Holy Spirit in us or we'll never be sent well. Forgiveness has to be a part of that as well. But how is it that you will allow yourself to be sent? Maybe it is, as many people, this mission trip I was showing you, or what you're going to do Wednesday night or through the giving wall for our students or the ways that through our budget and some fundraisers we're going to bless our Salt and Light team. Part of the ways in which we go and the ways we're sent is in giving. Matter of fact, Romans even speaks to that as a spiritual gift. It's crazy when you think about it. Just I saw a report a couple years ago. Any idea how much the U.S. spends on chewing gum a year? $305 million. I think that's the understanding. How much do we give to foreign missions in that same year? $125 million. We've got to step up. We've got we to compete with the gum industry for sending people, and that's who we are. It's one of the great gifts you'll ever give is to support our budget because our budget in the mission category actually went up 20% two years ago. So pleased and blessed and ecstatic about that, that we're even doing more. Uh, so one of the ways we go is we, we support. One, the greatest, I think, gift we have is simply in, in prayer. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, says Jesus, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. How are you and I routinely praying for the Moody's who have been sent out of our, out of our church? How are you and I routinely praying for, for well, Gordon re, uh, retired, but for the ministries of our denominations and other ministries to support them? The greatest, I think it is, the greatest gift you'll ever give somebody, your church family, your pastor, your family, is to be on your face before the Father in prayer. Uh, we get to give, we get to pray. Matter of fact, we even have, Linda would love to talk to you, we have a confidential uh, prayer team that receives email. We've got a lot of people on that, so when I look people in the face and I say to them that we're going to have people praying for you, as soon as you receive that email, I expect you to do that. You'll immediately pray and keep that in confidence. I love going to people when I see them in the morning and say, I'm not the only one praying for you today. We've got a score of people. If, that, if that's of interest to you, I'd love for you to call Linda this week and say, put me on that prayer team. You got to commit to confidentiality. You got to commit to checking your email routinely throughout the day for that. But it's a, it's, it is probably the greatest ministry that we have. But then also, how is it you can be sent? I love how we continue to grow and how we're being sent. Every time we go to Delta Grace, we're sending new people. Some people who got the vision for that are still going every time. But every time we go to Delta Grace, there's more people. We had a bunch of people yesterday at a training for Celebrate Recovery. We hope to launch that ministry uh, in late summer, early fall. Uh, we've had people meeting for an hour or two every Monday night for the last two to three months. A leadership team, I'd love to talk with you if you want to be a part of the support uh, for that Celebrate Recovery. Even if you're thinking about leadership, you have to go through a step study for that. Uh, but be praying for that. Now, however it is, whether it's with our students or our kids, whether it's with Madcap or today with Rise Against Hunger, going downtown, we're doing that once a month through our Sunday schools now, going downtown. Jesus says, my Father sent me. I'm sent by my Father. 
I'm sending you in the same way. How is it at work or with your family or in your neighborhood or through the ministries of our church? How is Jesus sending you? Let's pray about that. Father, we thank you for this great honor. Not only to receive Jesus Christ, to celebrate uh, last week his death and resurrection, but now to hear this word that you would send. Sometimes we don't feel worthy of that. We don't feel equipped for that. So we just praise you and, 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 and are humbled by the fact that you would use us through our prayers, through our support, and through our going. Uh, we pray your Holy Spirit would just give us a clear calling. Sometimes we can hear this kind of message and we scramble to do everything. Father, would you give us clarity? Where, who are you sending us to? What would you have us do? Be clear on that so we can faithfully be sent to lift up the grace and the goodness and the love and the truth of Jesus Christ. We thank you for this call. Bless now our response to this, your word. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.